Bienvenidos al podcast de Latino Founder Hour. Each week we invite you to spend an in-depth hour with us as we speak with a Latino startup founder from somewhere around the world. Aquí conocerás esas historias de éxito y fracasos, retos personales y lecciones aprendidas. And we have fun. We're live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Tune in at startupradionetwork.com. O en versión podcast después del show. Escucha. Listen. Aprende. Learn. Y emprende. Launch. Bienvenidos a Latino Founder Hour Podcast. Les saluda Edgar Navas, fundador de Clica. Los saludo desde eh, vía remota otra vez. Seguimos este, todos en, desde nuestras casas. Este es el episodio 114. Estamos muy contentos de hoy de tener desde Atlanta, Georgia, a Christian Zimmerman, fundador de Coins. Christian, ¿cómo estás? Buenos días. ¿Cómo está Atlanta? Buenos días, Edgar. Thank you for having me. So far, so good. It's uh, nice and sunny outside. <laughs> oh, Well, lucky for you guys because we're still under rain. Uh, but uh, you know, it's, it's it's good. It's good to have you here, man. I I read about you uh, about coins. I mean, you're a very young guy. So can you tell us? You know, let, let's start from the beginning. You know, who's Christian? Where, where are you coming from? Uh, you know, what uh, nationality? You know, what what's your background? Yeah. So um, Christian Alexander Zimmerman. Obviously, Zimmerman is, is American. My dad's uh, American. My mom's from El Salvador. Um, so I was born okay. in Houston, Houston, Texas, um, in 1993 and then moved to Atlanta when I was five or four years old. So pretty much an Atlanta native. Um, and so, uh, growing up obviously had two different cultures to, to learn from. And obviously Atlanta is, is in its own, its own culture, which I love, um, kind of grown to, to love over time. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I studied business management at Georgia state university, Um, did all four years at Georgia State here in downtown Atlanta. Um, and right after graduating, uh, wanted to uh, do my own thing. I've always wanted to do my own thing. Had started off like traveling abroad. I went to Buenos Aires. I went to España. I went to Chile. I went to Panama uh, and did a lot of just uh, internships and teaching English programs. Okay, um, cool. And from there, it kind of got the itch to want to do my own thing at some point. So. When I graduated, uh, kind of had this idea around coins and kind of ran with it. It's been working on it ever since. Now, now and, and a question: uh, Are your parents entrepreneurs, or uh, did, they, did they work in, in corporate? Yeah, no. Both of my parents. Uh, I guess my dad's retired now. Actually, um, so he's old. <laughs> and, then my, and then my mom, she she's just like a hard worker. She she actually. Um, She actually never went to high school, right? She she went to eighth grade in El Salvador and then came here. Um, okay. Pretty much has been more of a, like just a hard worker. Works at Publix and Lowe's. Two jobs still, just working, workaholic. I don't know oh why gosh, she doesn't amazing. need to, but she just loves and has a passion to just continuously be working. And that is that, that that's great. And and I know you know most of the uh, our immigrant experience is just to come here and do hard work. And it's just, I, I guess it's just built in our DNA but, and serves as inspiration. I, um, no, that, that, that's a fantastic story, man. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure you grew up with uh, eating pupusas and you know, lucky you. Oh, I love pupusas. I love pupusas. <laughs> <laughs> pupusas and tamales. Oh, my gosh. And Salvadoran tamales, which I've had, which are different. I, I'm, uh, you're Mexican, so I've had Mexican tamales, you know, from different regions. Yeah. But the Salvadoran are fantastic, man. And I'm, I'm also a... Uh, team pupusa, man. Anytime. Yeah, my my fiance is from from uh, Mexico City, uh, so I've definitely I've been there a couple times and tried all the obviously Mexican food and very very good when you actually go to Mexico. Um, oh, yeah. And then obviously Salvador has I have this like inside joke with all my friends uh, that Salvador has the crema, so everything's like con crema. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great, man. So, well, congratulations on the engagement now. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I read a, a little bit about you. you. You came out of school, you know, had a couple of jobs, just like all of us. And you had this inspiration of, of coins. Uh, why do you have this inspiration? Well, so being a first generation in America, right, the biggest dream is obviously to go to college um, yeah. for your parents, right? So, you know, I... 
I, in between college, like during college, I took a semester off to, to travel abroad to those places that I went to, right? Argentina was the main place. But um, when I came back, uh, you know, I wanted to graduate. My mom was kind of worried that I wasn't going to. And, um, you know, I did whatever it took. That meant student loans. That took out some personal loans and credit cards to kind of just fund uh, my tuition and, like, housing. Um, yeah. So it, was, it just wasn't the right choices that I made at the time, but also just, uh, I felt like I didn't have the, the resources that I wish I, I have, I had back then. So when I graduated, you know, I had all this debt looming over me. Um, and you know, I, I was using other products to help me save money, but I was trying to find something that could just, you know, help me automate the process and not have to think about paying off these debts. And so that's really where the, the, the idea came from, um, more so as a, one, a, a need to graduate, um, so that you know, I could keep that promise to my parents, but then also the 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 ability to to alleviate some of the stressors that that has, right? No, absolutely. And, and it's, you know, and, and I'm going to backtrack before I, 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 you know, we, you know, go deep into coin. Is there anything that you would have said in high school? I, I wish they would have taught me this about you know, I don't know, finances and other than just you know, the linear thinking of going to college just to. Just like you said, because it isn't, you know, our dream, you know, let's go to college, graduate, but at what cost? So is is there anything that you would have now being an adult and and a founder say like, shit, I I wish they would have taught me this in high school or middle school. And it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. We just, I just, like, so I do like some mentoring sessions here in Atlanta uh, with one of the high schools. And this is exactly a question I got from a high schooler and I immediately thought about this because I was like, man, I, I used to be in this kid's position and he's being pressured by his parents to go to college. Cause you know, that's what you're supposed to do. But he's like, but I don't know what yeah. I want to do. Um, and I always tell students, like, if, if you don't know what you want to do, um, you know, what degree you want to study or kind of what path you want to take, like, you don't have to go to college directly, you know, start off immediately. Um, you know, take time, think about what it is you, you want to do. Um, so that's really that's yeah. the first thing. It's going to huh. save you a lot of money and time. I apologize for the door. Um, <laughs> no, the no other worries. thing, the other thing is, you know, when you talk about finances, is understanding kind of what the ultimate goal is. So if it is, you know, you do want to go to college, what resources are out there? What can you be? Who can you be reaching out to to ask for help? Right. So a lot of times, you know, being Latino, like we're the first ones to go to college. So like our parents can't yeah. necessarily do too much to help us you know, kind of jump over that hurdle aside from being supportive. But after that, you know, it can be very tough and we kind of have to navigate those resources alone. There's a lot of products or services out there that help us, but, you know, is it trustworthy, right? So I say just confiding in right resources that can help, you know, navigate that. Okay. No, no, no. That, that's that, that's a great suggestion. I mean, and uh, I'm obviously much older than you, and for me, high school is long, long ago. Uh, but I echo those sentiments. By the way, yeah, I, I, I was just curious to see, you know, what your, you know, someone in, in your age and your foot supply would have thought of, like, okay, what would I tell myself, uh, you know, from ten years ago? Do this, don't do that, or get into this, and, and that, how that um, affected your decision into going and uh, and starting your own startup. Yeah, I think the other thing too is, you know, when you're young, and I'd like to tell everyone this too, is like, like be okay with making mistakes, be okay with like just trying things out because you have the time, time in 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 your favor, right? Yeah, you, know, you can make mistakes and and still kind of bounce back, hopefully, right? Um, so, you know, obviously manage finances as best as you can. Learn what you know how cash flows work. Work how much income you're bringing in versus expenses, not just in like business but in your life, right? You yeah. understand where you can be putting money aside or saving it or investing it or, or putting it towards a business, right? Um, it's a lot of little things, but I think the, the trajectory or the way that you go about doing it is really, you know, on a one-on-one case, one-on-one case basis. And if it really depends on kind of your appetite of, of risk, too. Correct. No, no, no. Absolutely right. So now, now, now just let's just jump back in and um, into the conversation. So you had this idea cooking for a while. You had a need. You identify a personal need that uh, and a problem to solve, and you probably saw that you weren't the only one with that problem. There's probably hundreds, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in the same situation. So, 
what was your first step? When did you decide, okay, you know, my idea, I need to put it down and I need to make it a reality and put it, put a name to it, et cetera. What was the first step that you took? So the first step that I took was, uh, well, the first that I took was I wanted to learn. So like obviously trying to build some skill sets that I knew I didn't have. Um, uh, the first thing was I tried to do my own company in the past and failed, spent a lot of money. So I learned from those mistakes. So then okay. I went back to the drawing board and said, okay, what can I do next time if I do want to do something, which I knew I did, but what skills can I be building? So I went and went to a, another startup where I was getting paid to learn, right? That's, I think that's the biggest thing you can get out of working at early stage startup is the ability to put on a whole bunch of different hats so you can see kind of the ins and outs, all the good parts, all the bad parts of running a business. Yeah. Um, and I think that in itself was very helpful. And then when I went to go start coins, I was able to um, actually apply what I had learned to, you know, reduce my expenses when I want to start like doing what's an MVP. Like how do I validate this idea very fast? I see. I see. No, and, and that's absolutely right. So uh, I saw that, you know, also read that you, you went to pitch competition. So you started, you know, learning, you know, uh, getting mentors and you wanted a pitch competition and you won, you know, $50,000, I believe, isn't it? Was that one I of did. your earliest in, in, investments? Yeah, that was one of the first uh, first investments that we did. And it was, uh, it was actually really helpful for us to kind of grow into going to an accelerator program and, you know, obviously funding and building out some pathways to travel to go meet with investors. Okay. So and, and how was that experience? I mean, first of all, how do you find out the pitch competition? Because, I mean, it's a, it is a substantial amount of money. And, you know, we've been to, around pitch competitions here in Portland, Seattle, and I mean, 50K, it's, it's, it's a lot of money. Man. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the, the presentation itself, there was about five of us and, uh, you know, we wanted to stand out uh, to the audience as well as to the judges. So literally the same day that we were presenting, I had left the conference to go make t-shirts. So as I was presenting, I would actually be given out like gifts <laughs> to the judges to stand oh, out. See. Um, so I think that kind of helped out. And then obviously I think the, the narrative that we had obviously projected really well, resonated really well with, with the the audience and the judges. Um, I don't know. It was kind of a serendipitous moment. Once we won, I I was like, okay, now I can take a little break and we've got to get, you know, pedal to the metal. Now I go travel and try to really get some, some bigger capital, but it definitely kept us afloat, helped us you know, take the true trips. I always tell people that money gave me the ability to go to New York and to LA. And if I had not won that money, I wouldn't have been able to pay off, you know, the overdue bills that that we had, as well as take those two trips to then raise, you know, 750,000. Oh, wow. So, and at that point you already had a co-founder or was that just you? No. So this, at throughout the whole process, aside from like the first three months, uh, my co-founder Nate was with me. Um, so he's the one that has built the product, had, you know, done everything internally, you know, what you're actually using as a whole from the technology perspective, he's the one that has built it. Oh, okay. So he's the, he's the technical complement of, and you're the business guy. Exactly. And, and how do you guys meet or are, were you in college together? So we both went to Georgia state, but it wasn't until after we graduated that uh, we were at a networking event and we just kind of bumped into each other, uh, hit it off really well. He actually had started two, two or three other companies in the past that, you know, unfortunately failed. But obviously, those failures brought a lot of wisdom and le- and lessons learned. Um, yeah. So when I started, you know, I was he was trying to sell me on a, <laughs> on just building my own product, uh, and I was like, no, I need someone to build it for me, or at least work with me to build it. So I was able to convince him to work for free for a while. <laughs> I see. Yeah. No. 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 That's that usually happens. So, so he was. He was there with you, you know, from inception, you know, from, from day zero. Yeah. I wouldn't say from like day zero, zero, but from, you know, day, you know, 30, it wasn't much, much longer after. So like okay. when I started coins, I was already working at a startup. There was this pitch competition prior to the $50,000 pitch competition. That was actually for a hundred thousand. Um, I oh, didn't wow. have a product yet. I had, I built a landing page. I built a little website uh video introduction and with fiverr paid 35 bucks and that was like my mvp and i paid like 20 bucks to see if facebook ads to see if people would sign up and i think I had about 200 people to sign up and that was like 
that was like the, the initial start. Holy so shit, man. That's amazing. And, and I would say, look, look, we had this, we had this conversation in, in a, in a panel, a Zoom panel that I was invited on Monday or Tuesday. And when people say, look with uh, how, how much you can do with little capital nowadays, technology is so fascinating that you can go and build a demo product. So you can actually, again, just pitch function oh, yeah. and promote it and, and validate your product. And look, boom, you know, with, with what a hundred bucks, you, you're up and running. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, again, like that was help that helped me validate it to then take the next step, which was obviously finding someone that could actually really build out the full technology. But you know, that that's how I started. That's what was the indicator to do this. And you know, long story short, I didn't win that pitch competition, but you know, I won. I made top ten with you know very little. And so what that showed me was okay, you know. I keep putting as, as much effort into this long term. You know, I think there can be a good reward at the end of the tunnel. No, t- totally, absolutely. No, that that, that that's uh, that's usually what happens. And so, well, you won this competition. This was your, I'm assuming, it was probably one of the earliest investments aside from the capital that you and your co-founder, you know, put in. Uh, then you go in and you said L.A., New York, and you raise some venture capital almost a million dollars. Is, is that how much you have raised so far? So today we raised, uh, just right at just over 800,000 total. Okay. And that's your, that's your first seed round and uh, correct. Okay. So now let's get into the, into the product. So we talk about you, uh, you know, where you coming from, uh, what is coins? I mean, how could you, you know, just elevator pitch, yeah, so Coins is a, it's a financial wellness app that helps people pay off debt faster uh, by, com- by combining financial education and automation. And so what that means is, you know, we help people that, you know, probably wouldn't make more than the monthly minimum on their payments every month, opt- okay. automate that process, and then actually send that payment out for them every single month so that they don't have to think about it. Oh, okay. But that's in, um, so for example, so the way I saw it on on your side, it's like you know whatever I make a payment, it just rounds up to the ne- to the next um, to the next digit, and that's just going to be put in a digital uh, digital wallet, if we call it like yeah. That. So yeah. so we have three like the savings methods are are really tailored to however the customer wants. So if they want you know to do roundups, roundups is very popular nowadays because everyone understands it, right? Yeah. Um, but but let's say obviously with current situations, people aren't spending a lot of money. You know, they're not swiping their cards as much. Uh, you can do algorithmic saving, which is more excuse me, which is more automatic savings based on how tailored you want to save your money. And then lastly. Mm-hmm is a uh, payroll deduction. So you just select the percentage of how much you want to save or how much you want to put aside to actually, um, um, oh, from your you know, payroll. Exactly. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, in technical terms you, you know, so if I connect, you know, my, uh, my accounts there, you, you have, you know, obviously access to you know, my credit cards and my, my, my debit card and it automatically can, can, can do all those processes. So kind of, kind of exactly. like, like Acorn, I, I think that's what Acorn does, but just for the savings part, wasn't it? Exactly. So Acorns is a similar fashion where they, you know, they do savings and investing. So like the money goes into like an ETF. Um, so they're highly regulated around like ETF funds. We are like the reverse, you know, they're tailored towards, you know, savings investments. We're on the flip side where we're focused on debt repayment and debt reduction. Yeah. Um, what was the um, what is the number that you guys have mentioned that uh, it's like four million dollars so far, or actually in excess of four million dollars of, of uh, paid debt? We're actually up to twelve million dollars now. Oh wow! So yeah. So I guess I got I got an older article. No, that is fantastic. <laughs> let me let me. I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm making notes. You know, for the when we release the episode. You know, yeah. That that's kind of the markers that we want to sell because this is a young startup. I mean, I mean when did you guys found it? So we started, I mean, we've been around for three and a half years now. So we started in 2017. Um, but obviously, the first couple of years is more like, you know, does this work? Does this have legs? Can we actually get some traction? Yeah. And then, you know, after we're able to get some capital, all right, how do we build a team? How do we, like, scale this? And now this year has really been focused on, all right, how do we drive more customers? And that's really focused on, you know, business partnerships, um, 
and, you know, identifying how do we stay afloat with, you know, obviously what's going on right now. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. But, you know, well, and, and I wanted to save that for after the, um, the, the, the ad break, but, uh, you know, obviously we're all adapting to a new, a new reality. Uh, first of all, yeah, every, every, I think pretty much everybody went into survival mode and they're like, okay, uh, depending on how long it takes you to, to get to that survival, okay, the, we know that we have so, so much runway, this is what, what we can do and we can't do, then what's next? But uh, again, I, I didn't know, that, that was for later. Yeah, we can go just, over that more. <laughs> yeah. So no, I, I mean, I think it's a fantastic tool. I haven't checked it out yet. I mean, I was just looking at some uh, screenshots that I found online. I think it's... Um, uh, it's a great tool, given you know the the, uh, the, the high highly leveraged uh, society that we live in here, at least here in the U.S. And my question was like, um, you know, us being Latinos, is, is this a, a, a service that is also available in Spanish or is mostly in English right now? Uh, so it's mostly in English. Like we've been, we just started working on trying to uh, translate the whole app to to be obviously be in Spanish as well as tailor it to you know. Uh, New sites like Univision, um, just to or or Mundo Hispanico, to like just drive you know uh, a target audience. The other thing too is just obviously building those relationships with the lenders themselves to obviously to also do the the marketing for us to um, really anybody, but specifically uh, low to moderate income households or underrepresented communities, specifically like African American Latinos. Absolutely. So, and, and I, I don't know, you, you may have this answer or not. The question is like, um, are, do, do Latinos have also those um, high leverage uh, households or is, is that more, you know, in, in other cultures? Uh, it's most, so like, it's, it's interesting, like um, uh, Caucasians actually have, Caucasians and African-Americans typically have the most. Okay. Um, just because I think there's just higher yields and credit cards and the access to that type of um, instrument, yeah. For instrument yeah. right? Um, and what 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 happens is obviously it's more of a systemic issue. Is like uh, the ability to even have access to those things. Like a lot of these communities are underbanked or underrepresented, so Correct. the ability to even get a credit card. Um, isn't there, or there's a lack of trust with the bank system because of, you know, immigration issues, right? So there's a lot of different things that kind of will uh, stem the hindrance of people wanting to use it, especially in the Latino community. But at the same time, we purchase a lot, right? We have a huge purchasing power. Uh, I think it's number two in the yeah. world, or number no, one, one now. $1.4 trillion, if, if, yeah. if my memory yeah, one, serves correct. Yeah, in the U.S. alone, yeah. It's it's a, it's an insane number. So, so hey, Christian, so yeah. with, with that in mind, let, let, let us um, pause for a break really quick, 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. And I got okay. some other questions for you. Thank you. Support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionist. At Ruby, they've mastered the art of turning rings into relationships. Their team of remote receptionists answer all your calls live as if they're right there in your office. And with Ruby's mobile app, you easily control just how they screen, transfer, and take your messages. Together, you and Ruby transform your phone into the sales engine it was meant to be. Visit callruby.com forward slash startup radio to sign up, or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code STARTUPRUBY. Tell them Sylvia and Edgar send you and you get a $150 credit. Today's episode of the Latino Founder Hour is brought to you by CPA Dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. Bueno, ya estamos de regreso. We're back with Christian Zimmerman, uh, founder of Coins. Christian, so we're talking about the Latino community, you know, how your app um, works, you know, the the importance of the Latino purchasing power in the U.S. Uh, and it's something that we, we're also very aware of. You know, that's our core market in, uh, in Clica. Uh, we do mobile payments, you know, for the underrepresented, underbanked. And we've we've been able to, you know, to 
to create a, a good following. You know, we, we, we see more people coming into the um, uh, bank sector. And in the past, we we saw, you know, when we started this company five years ago, our startup, um, you know, the penetration and access to banking uh, instruments was pretty low, was, you know, below 50%, but it's it's been creeping up in the, in the past, you know, couple mm-hmm. of years, mainly because, you know, a lot of companies now that they do direct deposit as mandatory, it's no longer optional. Uh, and, and also because a lot of banks, uh, can't name names, but, uh, or I actually wouldn't even know which ones, I think they like, they relax their um, uh, requirements into bringing people on board, meaning social security. So a lot of people that were, that didn't have that kind of document, you know, now are, are able to be, you know, participate in the banking industry. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think you hit it spot on. Yeah, and 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 for, for me, you know, the the, uh, the opportunities that I see here going forward. Number one, we're all locked in in the house, and we were talking about it earlier. This is going to be a new reality where people uh, finally realize, especially in the again, uh, black and brown, you know, the or underrepresented minorities. We say like we needed to go digital. We were the last one. We were the number one consumers of digital media, but we weren't participating in e-commerce. But this yep. is forcing us to jump in because, you know, well, a lot of our places that we go to to pay in cash, they're closed or you run the risk of getting contagious. And you've seen the statistics, you know, Latinos are getting, um, uh, again, black and brown yeah, are the most affected the higher rates of uh, propensity to get to get sick. So. Uh, what are you doing, you know, going forward to say, hey, you know, I, 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 we want to zone in into this opportunity that this particular $1.1 trillion market? Yeah, I mean, so the, the biggest thing that we're seeing is, you know, obviously we're not a bank ourselves, but we have a bank partner and, you know, we work with lenders who typically wouldn't want to work with us because most of their income is going to be from people, you know, doing late fees or, you know, uh, service fees every month. Uh, yeah. Lenders, lenders have kind of lost a little bit of their powers or leverage, um, because, you know, the, with everything that's happening, like people have lost jobs and those that don't have accounts aren't being accounted for within their ledger system. So with that being said, they're trying to figure out how do we drive more customers? How do we drive retention in the payments? Um, and that's where we're trying to, where we see a good opportunity. The technology that we have, aside from it, you know, working directly with the customer, the relationship that they're going to have primarily is going to always be with that bank or the lender or the loan. We want to build that relationship that it's, so it's much more pleasant for the end consumer so that, you know, they're not being haggled around $200 because they can't make a payment, right? Make it when you can and give them opportunities to yeah. save however they feel they can save and make that payment back in a much more seamless fashion. Um, Correct. That's really where we see the, where we see a big, big opportunity. Now, are you doing? Uh, they just pop in my head when you when you were talking about the lenders. Have you are, are you guys doing anything with the um, uh, what do they call that industry? The cash lending uh, that's been vilified. I mean, which, which uh, yeah, just so, recent. So we're not. We haven't. We've started trying to work with you know what we call like low, uh, low cash but high payment um, lenders. So these are like yeah. the rental. Rentals, you pay for like furniture or you pay to get your check cashed. Um, those are all like high, high volume transactions, but they're small dollar amounts. But there's a lot of people that uh, either now are trying to find other ways to make those payments. Um, and so that's where we're coming in or we're saying, okay, uh, let us help you build a better brand, save money on the loss of those payments, and then create much more, again, that retention of, of those payments of increasing the volume amount. Um, the oh, technology is kind of like our core is what we're kind of, like I said before, is more like moving towards a, a B2B model that can still touch the end point, which is the customer and the consumer, but creates a better better experience for them. A better experience, yes, and a better image. You know, the, the payday exactly. lenders, payday lenders, I think that's the term. Um, so because, yeah, you know, they have astronomical, uh, rates, they're flat out. Um, I think, I'm, I'm not sure, don't quote me on this, but I think they're not allowed in, in the state of Oregon where we, uh, where we're based. Um, but you know, yeah, it, it will be one of the most natural, 
uh, industries that I would see, you know, this will fit perfectly, you know, give the customer, especially nowadays, you know, you don't have to go to a, a physical location that might be mm-hmm. miles and miles away, and then you can do it. Well, actually, you don't even do it anymore. You do the setup, and the phone does it for you. The app does it for you. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, that that's that's a, that's a great pitch for the consumer. Exactly. So, again, it's just like there's there's a lot of new opportunities that have opened up because of you know what's what's happened, and then also as a result of the uh, what's the word I'm looking for the exposure of these malpractices, right? Yeah. Now, do you do any any type of marketing against you know uh, uh, with the exposure of those malpractices? Because I, I believe it's also part of the. Um, ignorance and, and, and say it in a, in a good way of, from us as customers to know, you know, when, when you get into a credit card situation, you know, again, things that are not taught in school, you want know, to what's an interest rate, revolving interest rate. So do you guys do, do you have an, an educational part to this? We do. So we, we create videos every week and that's something that we're starting to push heavily more so as a resource, you know, to anyone and everyone. Uh, our most popular, what's called like uh, coins tip Tuesdays. So they're like one minute or, or less like segments that just talk about, you know, exactly what you said. What is an interest rate? What's uh debt to income ratio? What is, you know, uh, hi- what, what is a high yield savings account? Uh, what is it and what does it do for you? Right. Um, how, how does paying off one debt versus another affect my credit score? What is a credit score versus a credit report? A lot of those different things that we just don't really know. We th- we should know. Right. But exactly. financial literacy, financial literacy as a whole in the U S economy is just, uh, very dwindled down. It's very important, but I think if we go back to that same topic around, you know, students in high school and college, I think that's a a, a missing piece that that isn't taught. Absolutely, and I agree with you. And and again, I'm going to go back to even my college days, which, which for me was you know farther than yours. <laughs> uh, I remember getting my first credit card at the Quad at the university in Texas. And I was just like, wow, you know, <laughs> I get $500. I'm like, sweet. I mean, I applied just to get a free shirt. And two weeks later, I get a credit card with 500 bucks. I was like, who? Imagine as a student, and I'm, I'm going to do in the 90s, in the mid 90s, and you get like, oh, here's extra money. Well, guess what happened? Immediately, uh, I capped it out. So yep. I think it took me about three years to pay $500. I, you know, obviously, I had to graduate. Uh, you know, we're just paying the bare minimums, and it's just like, well, does this? And and and, and by the way, I, I was studying economics, and I have a degree in economics. So, imagine if I if I didn't have that financial literature personal, <laughs> I mean, imagine someone studying something else or not studying. So, but as a personal um, experience, I saw that I was like, huh, why didn't they teach? Well, later they they teach us that. Um, I'm not going to talk about it on my my alma mater, but. This, you know, what I'm, what I'm, what my, my main point is like, tools like yours should be almost mandatory when someone goes off to college. And I, I'm going to make it my, you know, personally, you know, when my daughters have, are in the situation, it's like here it is. Here are the tools that are going to help you. Number one, understand, navigate, and then manage your finances. Yeah, and I think the the biggest thing is is managing, or. Uh, like automating that process because the thing with like you know the word budgeting right that's been around for yeah. years but no one does it yeah till this day uh, I mean obviously there are people that do it but the majority don't um, and it's not a hard thing to do but it's, again it telling someone to do it and then getting them to actually do it you know habits are very hard to build and to form and then to keep uh, so when you're college it's best time or in high school even better to be educating students the, the the proper way to be saving the proper way to be putting money aside the proper way to be managing you know income versus expenses um but yeah like you said it's uh these lenders are are um you know to an extent kind of poach on on the the na- naivete of of you know young adults Oh, it's it's absolutely predatory. Uh, I mean, it, and it's obviously an industry because it works. You know, it happened to me, and I think it's that happened to every single one of my friends. Yep, happened uh, to me too. <laughs> with, with all the same, hey, yeah, here's free money. You go, woo! We just start racking them up, and I'm not gonna lie to you, I didn't go buy books. 
so it, it just went in, in, in stupidity and ended up paying for it like for three, four years. And then after that, they were like, oh, okay, you know, so that, that hurt. Uh, I won't. I won't do it again, and I'm not going to say that I, I didn't do it again either. So, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's, it's and that's the thing. It's a, just a recurring cycle, and you know, my my ultimate goal is to be like, if I almost put myself out of business, like if I put myself out of business, like you know, then I've done my job, right? Obviously, but that's also the <laughs> argument that you know, I probably. I would love to put myself out of business, but I probably won't because this is just a never-ending cycle. It is. I, I like that quote. I absolutely love that quote, man. And I'm going to put it right here uh, <laughs> because it's uh, it, it speaks to the true core of what you're trying to do, but with the realization that we're all human and we're going to keep fucking it up, and you know we need tools <laughs> like yours. So, I mean, it is it it is sad but true. You know, and, yep. and 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 we would love to be, to live in a perfect world. Say, so don't do that, but you know, we keep doing it. So now that it, it, it's great, I, I I'm looking at some of the screenshots. I love it in in a way because um, we're visual. Uh, humans are visual. We tend to react better to when it's you know when information yep. is presented in a let's say pretty way in a uh, in, in a stylized uh, format. We react to it. You know whether it's food and and the way you know talking about finances is never it's never sexy. You know we understand that. Yeah. You know, if, if, if if you think finances, you're already imagining spreadsheets or for other people ledger books. So looking at this, I'm like, oh, okay, you know this is something relaxed. This is something that I can manage. Whether you have schooling or no schooling, like I I can deal with this, and it's showing me uh, exactly where I am in, in in my finances. So do you have any other uh, ideas or where can this help, you know, not only solving the debt and, you know, uh, allowing you to, to manage your expenses, but what other areas do you see that this service can help? So recently, um, well, over the last year, we, we introduced financial coaching. So we have, uh, AFC certified financial coaches that literally you can talk to in video FaceTime or do Zoom calls literally in the palm of your hand. So you have a financial coach literally in your pocket whenever you need them um, oh, wow. to help ask questions, to hold you accountable, to make sure that you're doing what you say you're doing, but also automating it with the platform that we offer, right? Um, yeah. So uh, that is a premium service that we that we, we offer, but again, it's 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 someone really there that's holding you accountable. Isn't, you know, uh, a relative or a close friend that's going to judge you for making some mistakes. They're there to, you know, help you bounce back. Um, and then the second piece is uh, emergency savings, right? We have this debt, but especially now we've seen that, you know, majority, I think more than 60% of Americans don't even have $1,200 in their savings account. Um, yeah. Government had to step in, you know, and give you that $1,200 and now we're asking for more because we we're still too deep in debt to to manage that extra cash. So, you know, well, that's something that we're also introducing over this next month, allowing people to just be able to save and and kind of put it in a separate account um, so that in case something does happen, right, you have those funds available. No, oh, wow. Okay. I, I absolutely love that feature. I didn't know that that was already live. Um, especially, you know, having that human connection, like you said, it's it, uh, yeah, it's one thing to be, you know, presented with something pretty, but you know, having that constant touch and someone that keeps you accountable is going to be the key. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and in that, so right now, your app is only available in the U.S. Is that right? Yeah, just in the U.S. right okay. now. Um, you know, obviously, one, one day, hopefully, we can expand outside. <laughs> No, I, I, and I get it, but I was just, it was just curious because I, I know, you know, uh, Latin America is also, you know, a potential market. I mean, the, especially right now when there's always a crisis, you know, the the credit goes through the roof and it's different conditions, I understand. But it's um, uh, a, a lot of the same uh, perils, you know, people mm -hmm. in at least in Me most of Latin America don't have a three month runway uh, just to to hunker down. So we've experienced this. Uh, pandemic, and we know mo moving forward, this is the risk, and it's uh, uh, it's, it's going to be a, an ever-present risk because we can be on a plane from one side to the other of the of the planet in twelve hours. So viruses travel that fast now. Yeah. So yeah, uh, and 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 we can see you know how out of control they can get. So this is not going to be the last one. 
Uh, it's certainly the first. So, you know, the people in this generation now will say, oh, shit, yeah, remember when in 2020? Yes. So how do we pre- how do we prepare so that doesn't happen to us again? That if yep. we get in a situation we have bare minimum three months just to be home and not even coming out and being able to do it digitally. So I think this serves a greater purpose, but, uh, you know, what other tools can, can you envision that this will be, you know, you know, to help us in, in, in this quest? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is, is, um, improving credit scores or building credit scores, um, so that we have access to capital, um, I think is an important piece. Um, the education I think is, is a very big piece that is just kind of like skipped, skipped over, um, which is why we try to put a big emphasis on it. Um, because knowledge is key, but if you create knowledge with accountability, with automation, the three together, I think are even more powerful. Um, and then identifying what the solutions are, you know, say automating is only, can only do so much if, if habits aren't being changed, right? If you're automating your money, putting it in a separate account, but then every week you're just transferring it back to your account and then spending it, you know, you're not, you're not really, yeah. it's not really doing anything. Um, but if we can help lower interest rates or like help pay off that debt, you know, X times faster, faster. that's really, that's really where we, we know we're able to make impact. Um, by making that impact, obviously you drive, um, more customers to 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 have opportunities for the future which is ultimately um having assets having you know uh home ownership a lot of these things are tied together which is which is really the key point of why we do what we do is like we want to help you to pay off debt right but we like we think about long term like what what is it you're being hindered from doing because you have debt and you can't buy a home because you have too much the debt to income ratio is too high you can't get a good interest rate on a car because, uh, because you owe too much debt. And because that you don't, you can't get the job that you would typically want because you're still stuck, you know, paying for Uber or having to take Marta. Uh, there's a lot of things that happen, right? So that's really our ultimate goal is to be able to provide opportunities long-term to do the things that, you, that, that I believe everyone should be able to do, but because, you know, debt really kind of causes more than just, financial stresses but emotional physical you know they are they tie with one another how do we how do we help solve those problems uh, i can go on and on about that all day <laughs> no 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 and 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 and, and we should too because um you know it's uh dead uh, you know a, a while ago and it was one of my, our inspirations to create clicker you know create technology tools for the underserved and the underrepresented mm-hmm. it's uh, i read an article I, re- I read an article on the economist you know that said you know why it's expensive to be poor and it was i've mentioned it many times because you know we're not in that situation we're very fortunate and i started delving into that and looking at the services that under underbanked people underrepresented people go through and it's like oh my god the 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 point of the article is like you know when when you're poor and you don't and don't have certain knowledge you don't have access to, to capital you don't have access to tools and you end up, you know, uh, uh, getting those, this, uh, you know, services that are costlier to have hidden fees, and you end up in a perpetual cycle of just dead repayment, dead repayment interest. Yeah. Uh, and, and we're like, well, well you know, uh, you know, I give up the example of the phone card industry. You, you, your mom probably used them to call back to El Salvador uh, back in the day. You know, they were super expensive. It was the biggest racket in the world. It was mm-hmm. the biggest. Uh, it was just a theft, pure out theft. You know, the, you know, you will get what was it, sixty cents on, on every dollar that you would buy. That's and we would say, like, it was ridiculous. And was like, and why are people doing it? Why are the people going to a store and and buying this thing and and they're just like getting hosed and 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 like that product. There were many others, you know, you, you had immig- immigrants coming and you know getting their cash and they'll go to the tiendita, the bodega. And then they'll cash their check, but they'll take a 4% commission or 5% commission. Then they'll buy the phone card and they get 60% on the dollars. And then they go. So by the time they left the bodega, they probably left with half their money. Yeah. And, you know, you know, I think the the big thing here, too, is um, especially within the Latino community, like we are a very supportive community. We 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 take care of our families. And and that is something that, you know, I personally believe is is kind of. 
bad in the aspect that obviously, yes, it's a business. So we're going to find ways to make money, but as a community, you know, we want it, we want, we're, we're making this money and the reason we're paying it because there's an emotional attachment to what we're using that money for. Um, and it's important to understand that Absolutely. once you understand that you can f- try to find ways to solve those problems, um, because you can exploit what other people are doing, which is exactly what they were doing then. Right. It's, it's just, it's not, it's not right. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's all, you know, and that, that, that's where we have a lot of mistrust and, and then, you know, applications like yours when people are like, well, uh, are they getting my information or is he just going to take my money? I mean, I could see that because we saw it with our apps as well. They're like, well, who are you? You know, what do you want? No, I'll just, I'm just going to go and keep doing what I was doing. Even, even if I know that that guy's hosting me, so that's a problem for new technologies. Again, you know, with this pandemic, maybe the, the, the only couple only good things that are coming out, like people are adopting more like searching, uh, evolving and getting out of bad habits and, and just, you know, trusting new, new platforms like yours. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, 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 I we've run in the same issue too. Like it's always going to be, I think the biggest thing is always going to be trust. Like if you can build trust, you will win. If you can't build trust, you know, no one's going to use your product. (laughs) That's absolutely right. And and you just touched it. I was making my notes that you touched an interesting point that, you know, we've been very um, uh, loud advocates for is the access to capital. What can you do in your app to, uh, especially for the underrepresented minorities, what can you do to, uh, you know, follow up or uh, showcase, you know, things where they can access capital and, and not only to reduce debt, but to eventually flourish and whatever they're doing either for personal or for business reasons. Um, so again, like we've, we've made the focal point to be, to be around debt. But um, yeah. when we think about access to capital, it's not so much, you know, investments or, you know, actual dollars that are being paid out, but more so, ability to reduce costs in other ways, not just by like essentially obviously paying off the debt, but we yeah. work with other partners to help you understand what your credit score is, right? Understanding that is a key point to identifying what other things need to be taken care of first. Then is the bills that you already have, how do we reduce those costs up front? So, you know, if you have a AT&T bill, um, and they're overcharging you because they think they can take advantage of that. We'll come in and try to lower those costs for you and kind of be your advocate to, to have those bills negotiated. So we have resources like that. And then um, oh, wow, on, the, on the flip side, we also work with partners to identify, you know, uh, loan consolidations or reductions on interest rates and, you know, just merging all, all the debts together as a whole. That That part I'm still like, you know, I wish we could do like internally because, you know, at the same time you then off kind of offset the brand and obviously you can save money, but it always feels, I don't know, to me it always feels weird um, because you're then changing, you know, the the cards that you currently have, which you're, you you know what the numbers are um, and you never know what people are trying to kind of pull uh, that rug, rug from under you, you know? I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. The debt, debt consolidation. No, absolutely. And and that's another party. You know, where it can have its advantages. But like you said, you unless you have a trusted partner that knows it's not going to be you know doing any funky business, then you know it's there's all always going to be uh, uh, you know something hidden. Exactly. But I think the biggest thing is access to those things. But more, most importantly, access to to education, you know, with the, the automation pieces, let's, let's educate you on what you need to know by doing that. You become, uh, uh, more knowledgeable, uh, which makes you a more powerful citizen to make better decisions, um, to then, you know, be able to stand up and say, Hey, no, I, I know what, if you are trying to jip me off of, uh, the interest that, you know, I know I, I should not be paying, but you're going to try to take advantage. Yeah. And that's really the big thing. That's the thing. Like we, we just get taken advantage because of the lack of the knowledge or the lack of being able to speak up. No, I, I love it. And, 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 you know, hopefully, you know, you guys can be positioned in a, in a, in a more, uh, preemptive approach rather than like, Oh, I, I need a coin because I'm already in deep water. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, the, hopefully there's a way for people to jump in before they, you know, they actually need it. 
It's like, okay, I'm going to use it just as a preventive tool or, 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 or if I have a little bit of debt, you know, I, I can, I can manage it rather than, oh, my debt's out of control. Now I need someone to, to really, really help me here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Christian, it's been fascinating. So, uh, give give us you know what what's, what has been the most rewarding aspect of building coins. Honestly, I'd say the most rewarding is being able to like. So, I, I I'll try. I haven't been able to do it too too often recently, but every so often, like I'll actually just call you know some new customers that signed up or previous customers on our support. I'll actually hop on and do the calls and emails. And the rewarding thing I think is being able to speak with someone and hear that they just paid off their credit card debt or that coins was able to help them pay off X amount of dollars. Um, I think for me, that's very humbling, very rewarding. Um, just, you know, my ultimate goal is to help create that impact. My mom's always very been, very, been very big on, you know, how do I, how do you leave an impact in the world? And I, I know that we're moving in the right direction. So that, that keeps me going, gives, gives me fuel uh, to, to keep and continue to do what we're doing. Man, I, I, I'm, I'm sure your mom is super proud. Hey, man, it's it's been a phenomenal pleasure. Where can we find you guys? Uh, uh, it's coin with a Q Q O Q O I N S dot com dot I O Q O I dot I O dot I O. Yep. And then our our Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, all coins app, all one coins, coins app. app. Okay, so you know, so we can promote him and help you. So, Christian, thank you so much for giving us, you know, an hour of your time on Friday. I know you're super busy, uh, but thank you. It's been, it's been a great chat, man. And I wish you, you know, hopefully we can collaborate, you know, offline. You know, we'll, we'll send you know, what, what we do. But it's, uh, you know, in whatever, anything that we can do to help you, we're here for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's definitely some synergies. So thank you for having me. Thank you, Edgar. Absolutely. Enjoy your Friday. Happy Friday, everyone. Latino founder. Happy Friday. Christian Zimmerman from Atlanta, Georgia. Enjoy the Abrazos. sun, man. Abrazos. Today's episode of the Latino Founder Hour is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. They offer comprehensive PR services, and Publicize becomes a member of your team and can promote multiple PR announcements monthly. Check them out at publicize.co and tell them Sylvia and Edgar sent you. You've been listening to the Latino Founder Hour podcast. El programa Latino Founder Hour es grabado en las instalaciones de NetSpace en el estudio Bigfoot Podcast en la hermosa ciudad de Portland. Our audio engineer, mixer, and podcast editor is Alain Beausoleil. Diseñador de logo, Carolyn Main. Our network logo was designed by Jessica Chan. Diseñador de sitio web, Cameron Grimes. Our production assistant is Chelsea Lancaster. Tema de música, Funning and Sunning, de Kevin MacLeod. Cree en ti mismo, sueña en grande y confía en el universo, de Marta Leticia y Silvia Romero. 